Good morning. Good morning. I'm James Williams. I'm the Dean of the Seedman College of Business, and I have three quick things to do this morning. First, I want to thank you all for coming out again to share with us, to enjoy the breakfast, and to listen to a wonderful entrepreneurial success story. Number two, I want to uh, acknowledge, in fact, our President Haas, who is here with us this morning, and you'll hear from him a little bit later this morning. Uh, but I also want to acknowledge uh, the Secchias, Peter and Joan. They're the ones who make this breakfast possible, yes? The other thing I'm supposed to do is to introduce the speaker. And as I looked you know, over the materials for introducing the speaker, I realized that I don't need to steal any of her thunder. She does a much better job than I could ever do of sharing with you something about what she does and her company. You know, they say this, behind every good man, there's a good woman. Well, behind these two men and a truck, there's a great woman. <laughs> Mary Ellen Sheets, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Well, let's get started here. Thank you so much for inviting me here today. Um, I'm going to get, first thing I get the, there we go. I want to tell you the story about our family and our adventure with two men in a truck. And I'm also going to tell you some of the lessons that I learned along the way. Um, I grew up in Michigan near in the Lansing area and I was married and I had three children. And we pretty much had a perfect life. We had a new house, and I had a good job. Um, I was a computer analyst for the state of Michigan. And I was very, very shy, and people called me Pinky. So if you talked to me, I would look at my feet and blush. I couldn't talk to anyone. So that's probably the first lesson I learned. If you have to do public speaking enough, you can get past that shyness and, and get beyond it. These are my three children, Melanie, Brig, and John, when they were graduating from high school in the early 80s. And unfortunately, by this time, um, my husband left and I became a single mother, never, something I never thought would happen to me. He also left behind this pickup truck. <laughs> so it sounds like an old country western song, but... Um, <laughs> we put an ad in the little local green sheet and um, the first line in the ad was two men in a truck. And it was hardly two men, and it was hardly a truck. But uh, my sons charged $25 an hour to move people, and we had a little orange dish in the kitchen, and we kept a little bit of the money in that dish. And when there was enough extra money, we would put another ad in the paper, and we put gas in the truck. I drew this logo for my boys. So they're my boys, Brig and John, in their truck. And a lady called me one day. She said, you know, you are very smart to have a child draw your logo. <laughs> uh, they always joke because there's no steering wheel. <laughs> in the early 80s or mid-80s, my boys went away um, to school. And my daughter graduated from college, and she moved to Georgia. And um, it was during a recession then, if you recall, although I didn't even know what a recession was, so it didn't bother me. I just went right ahead with my business. But people kept calling for moving services, and so I bought that truck in the upper picture for $350. If you can think what a $350 truck would be like, that's it. Uh, <laughs> my first movers were Joe and Elmer. And I was a salesperson, I was a bookkeeper, I was a marketing director, and I didn't have any moving pads for my truck, and I didn't know where to buy them, so I went to the Salvation Army, and I bought all the blankets they had for a dollar a piece, and those were my moving pads. And there was no ramp on that truck, so I told Joe and Elmer, I went, you know those big moving companies, and they have ramps. I said, their movers are just wimps. <laughs> so, you, you don't need a ramp, and um, so they could carry a freezer, a refrigerator, anything out and lift up into the truck without a ramp. I never had any insurance. I, I shouldn't be telling you this. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> don't 
don't do everything I did. Um, I didn't have a license. I never had a business plan. Uh, I used my home phone number and an answering machine, and the gas gauge on that truck was broken. So every night when I came home from work, I had to drive that truck down to the gas station and fill it up. And um, we moved people all over. And at the end of the first year, I made $1,000. I had always done a lot of volunteer work. So I sat down and I, and I wrote 10 checks for $100 each, and I gave my money away. It felt so good. As a single mom, but it empowered me that I could help other people. And I realized that businesses can help other people even more than an individual. Um, that was another lesson to me, is always give back to your community. It's a really important lesson. I bought my first new truck, and you can see it in the lower picture. I'm there with Joe. Um, Joe asked me, could I park that new truck at my house? And I said, well, sure, you can park it there and then just go on the moving jobs from your house. So I got a call from the Lansing police, and they said, we have your uh, Joe down here. He's in jail. He was speeding through town, and he doesn't have a driver's license. <laughs> like, well, I didn't know that. So I had, <laughs> I had to go down to the jail. All I did was get those truck keys. I left Joe sitting there. <laughs> Because it's another good lesson, your customer always comes first. Your customer comes first. Let's see what we have here. This is my mom's barn in Okemos, and this is where we started parking the trucks. And um, see that little lean-to under the bush? That was our first office. And there was no heat and no bathroom there. I did a lot of different things back in those years to get it draw attention to our company. I bought this little car and I had uh, magnetic signs put on it for two men in a truck. This is Melanie, my daughter. Um, I spoke at Michigan State University. I was on a panel of small business owners and I met a lady there who had franchised her business. And um, she talked to me about meeting her franchise attorney. I went, I have nothing to franchise. All I have are two men in a truck. She went, she had a dog feeding business. She said, well, all I do is feed dogs. So if I did it, then you can do it. So I went to meet her attorney and, and he talked to me all about a franchise agreement, a UFCO, all this. I had no idea what he was talking about. But I agreed that I would have him franchise two men in a truck. So my daughter Melanie opened the first franchise in Atlanta and I flew down to help her get started and we went all over and we made those little signs and then you tear off the strip on the bottom with your phone number and we hung them everywhere and we went in an old hardware store and there were some older men in there and I said, this is my daughter Melanie and she has a moving business. If you know anyone that's going to move, um, call her and they'll do a really good job. And we got outside and Melanie went, Mom, she went, don't talk down here. She said, you're a Yankee. <laughs> well, my goal was that when my kids left home, they would all have a college degree, they would have straight teeth, and they would have been to Europe. And I thought, I can't do any more than that. I'm a single mom. So um, I accomplished all three things for all three kids. And then I decided I was going to quit my job at the state of Michigan and run this little business. I'd been there for 20 years, and uh, I worked with some really nice people at the state, but I loved running this business. So another lesson is um, do love what you do. Uh, life is not a dress rehearsal. So um, it's choose something that you really love to do. Everyone thought I was nuts, and people at work were laughing at me behind my back, this stupid moving business she's got. And my mother said, you're going to lose everything. I was so afraid. I mean, that thing in your stomach that stops you from doing so many things. So another lesson is don't listen to negative comments. Go with your heart. So if you quit your cushy job and had $16,000 to live on for the next two years, what would you do? This is what I did. I bought a houseboat. <laughs> That's my boat, Pee Wee. Um, it cost $5,000.
I wrote most of the operations guides sitting on that houseboat. And um, back then I had a cell phone. If you remember the cell phones, they were really big. You had to plug them into a cigarette lighter. I would stand on top of Peewee and I would whack that phone and then I would talk to people. And they thought I was in a corporate office somewhere. <laughs> and um, I'm trying to sell franchises doing that. We had all different ideas. I was just so excited and full of ideas. We put smiley faces on top of the cab of our truck so people in apartment buildings could see what nice people we were. <laughs> this is my son John and his wife Gabrielle. And in 1989, they became my third franchise in, um, here in Grand Rapids. And um, he, st he recently just I think he had three or four franchises over here. He recently just sold them because he works in home office now. I read in the Lansing State Journal about um, a man that was a quadriplegic and his dream was to have a baseball team. So I went to see him, Jack Murphy, and I said, you know what, we're going to have a baseball team and you're going to be the coach. So we did for seven or eight years. We had that baseball team, but I learned more from Jack and his great attitude, even with his handicap, that um, it just, you're so lucky if you're healthy and you can get out and do things. It makes you realize, and I keep, still keep his picture on my desk just to remind me of that. We also did Adopt a Highway. I mean, we did everything we could to get our name out in the public. And uh, have any of you ever done that when you pick up trash on the highway? Nobody? Probably in Grand Rapids, you don't have any trash. <laughs> in Lansing, we have trash. <laughs> you pick up all kinds of weird uh, junk. So we started recruiting for franchisees and going to franchise shows. And here we are at a show. And look at that. I mean, that was our booth. All we had was an easel and a picture of a truck. It's like now we really have a beautiful Thing that we can put together when we do a show. So um, I met with the attorney and I asked if we could keep parking trucks in my mother's drive because we have five trucks there and uh, the zoning of course forbid it. So I had to move. So we rented this old gas station and the movers over a weekend they said give us $500 and we'll fix it up. And they did. And one weekend they painted the inside, the outside, they carpeted, they made a little office. and. Um, then I had to tell my mother, who was in her late 80s then, that we were moving the moving company and she loved having it at her house and she started crying. It was, it was just so hard. But um, during that same time, someone advised me, you should send a reply card to every customer you have and see what they think about you. And those reply cards would come back on my desk and I could read them. One lady wrote, I want my daughter to marry your mover. And, uh, <laughs> My favorite one is, your movers have nice butts. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> this is my next son, Brig, my middle boy, and um, he became our seventh franchise. And now Brig is the CEO of our company. And that little girl standing next to him graduated from Michigan State University a year ago and um, is living in Ecuador now. So time goes so fast. They had a franchise in the UP in Ishpeming. Here I am with my fleet of trucks and I'm so proud of them. I have five trucks. People in our office now, if they see this picture, they go, ah, because every font is different. The wording on the sides were all different. I and mean, you can't do that when you have a franchise. This is our first annual meeting of two men in a truck. We had 10 franchises and nine of them came. And we were at the Radisson Hotel in downtown Lansing. Um, I was there recently with my daughter and we went to get our coats in the cloakroom and she said, Mom, do you remember this room? And I was like, no. She said, this is where we had our meeting. They have, use it for a cloakroom now. So. <laughs> I hired a uh, part-time employee, Sally, and um, we were still running the franchise office out of my apartment and we decided to rent an office. So I rented the attic of this old house. We didn't have any money so we kept the heat turned way down and we wore big sweaters and it was in a bad neighborhood. 
We sat in a driveway in the parking lot out and back. They were unlicensed pharmacists. <laughs> Ladies who negotiate their affections. <laughs> this is the basement of that house. Um, this is where we kept our files. It's a Michigan basement. It was really, we had a lot of fun though. We had a rubber rat we hid down there to scare new employees. <laughs> I filed things, um, I had a shoebox under my desk. I never had any accounting, so uh, I called it the ins and the outs, and I kept our bills in a shoebox. And I also had a file on my desk called things I can't do anything about. So. It takes a lot of worry off you when you're worried about something, if you can just stick it in some file. <laughs> in 1993, we were named to Entrepreneur Magazine. We were so proud. We have been in there for the last 16 years, and um, I think it was last year the uh, Wall Street Journal named us as one of the top 25 franchises in the world. I mean, and we didn't even know it. They had a lot of heavy criteria that they did to figure this out. In 1993, I also slipped on the ice and I broke my leg. And I learned a lesson. When you own a business, there are no sick days. Um, <laughs> I broke my leg on Saturday morning. I went to the hospital. They put a um, cast on it. I went home. I worked on my laptop all afternoon. And um, Sunday, I took off. Monday, I was back at work. And our office was upstairs, so I had to crawl up the stairs. And um, I look pretty happy, though. When you have a business, I mean, what else are you going to do? You've got to be there. Yeah. We got a grant. Um, I got a call from the state of Michigan. This was several years ago, about 15 years ago. Uh, they have grants for women business owners. And they, offered, they called and offered me a grant. They offered me two grants because I own the moving company and the franchise company. So. Um, we got to choose a company to come in and help us, and we chose this fellow from Deloitte and & Touche, and he had a big office, and uh, that's my daughter with him. We had a big office in Detroit, and she went down there and talked to him, and he said, well, we will help you. He said, some of my underlings will come and help you. So the next week, he came to our office and checked it out, and then he came back every week, and then he he was the vice president there, and he quit, and he came and became one of our franchisees. <laughs> so. But sadly, in 1994, we were, um, our top six franchises um, pulled away from the system, and we had all these lawsuits. And um, they said they were still going to use our name, but they weren't going to pay royalties anymore. And we didn't know what to do. We didn't have any money. So my daughter looked in the phone book, and uh, she found a franchise attorney in Bloomfield Hills. And she drove down there, and she showed him all a big roll of papers that we had gotten. And um, she said, I don't know what we're going to do. And he sat there and said, let me think about it. And the next Monday, he sent Steve Raymond, um, their top attorney to our office, and he worked with us for years, and we got through all the lawsuits. We won them, but when you win a lawsuit, you don't necessarily get that money. I mean, it cost us hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's a huge blow. But Steve is still a good friend of ours, and, and um, we finally did get all our bills paid off. We got it all taken care of. In 1994, I got a call from the um, Michigan State Senate, and I had been in the Capitol for hearings about trucking, and I still was pretty shy. My knees were knocking. I had to testify at the Capitol. I would have liked to run out the door. I was so scared, but um, I did it. And so they called me, and they said, we'd like you to run for the Senate. I'd never been in politics. So I went down there and I talked to Dick Posthumus. He was head of the Senate then. They were very, very nice. They took me around and introduced me. And um, so I went home and I called my daughter and I went, well, I'm going to be in politics now. So, um, she was living in Detroit and Novi by that time. And I said, I'd like you to come up here and take over this franchise company for me. And um, 
if you would do that, it'd be great. And she went, Mom, I will do it. She said, I knew I'd get this phone call. So uh, she had a really good job then. She was just in her 20s. She, I don't know, she was making like 85000 a year back then. It was good. She was a pharmaceutical rep. She had a company car. So she started commuting to Lansing. I said, oh, there's one other thing. I can't pay you anything. She went, that's okay. So she came anyway. And my son John was living here in Grand Rapids, and I had to ask him, will you come and run this moving company for me? And um, I can't pay you either. And so he did it. Um, I totally forgot where I was here. Hang on a minute. So they are there, and I'm off to be in politics. I was invited to be on the Casper Weinberger show. I had never flown in an airplane until I was 40 years old. So Sally said, I got you a first class ticket. And uh, I went to the airport and I got on the plane and I sat down and this lady came and she said, you're in my seat. And I went, I have a first class ticket. So I wouldn't move and everyone would sit. Now I think of that, it makes me so embarrassed. <laughs> everyone around me was snickering. And then the second time I had a first class ticket, I didn't even know, and I went all through the plane, and I went up to the flight attendant, I went, there's no second row in this plane. <laughs> she said, you're up there. So, in 1995, I was uh, Michigan Entrepreneur of the Year. I was so shocked, I didn't expect it at all. I didn't really sign up for it. Um, a friend of mine in business had done our application. He said, you better come down here. So, it was a big honor. In 1996, my daughter and I went to uh, um, New York to a seminar about business and they said, well, you really need um, to have a salesperson for your franchise. And we said, oh, we can't afford it. <laughs> I was like, what? You can't afford not to have a salesperson? So my son Brig was trained in insurance sales and he was living in the UP with his family. So uh, we had to ask him to move down and they didn't want to come. His wife is one of 14 children. She's loves her family and uh, she was a school teacher but they sold everything and they came came down to Lansing and then I got this idea I said we'll have a box outlet and we will do everything um, from that little it was a prototype so we did shredding shipping wrapping uh, packaging box sales we had uh, sold greeting cards we had little mailboxes you can see them in the front it was so cute but after two years, we had lost about $200,000 trying to run this thing. And um, we did learn how to uh, display boxes and everything, but we really learned another important lesson is don't lose your focus. Do what you're best at. We're movers. We shouldn't have been doing all that. My kids came and talked to me. We're still in that old house downtown. And, um, we had 22 employees in there with one bathroom, and they said, we have to build a new, we need an office. So we built this office, and uh, we bought it with our office. And we had a big party, and we invited the Chamber of Commerce, and we were really proud. Just look how successful we are. Six months later, we had outgrown it. I was named to uh, serve on the Michigan Truck Safety Commission, and there's so much trucking that comes through Michigan, it's very important and it's real proactive of our state that we do have that. In 1999, I got a call um, to be on the Oprah show and it didn't quite work out, but they did make a tape of us, about a 15 minute uh, presentation and it was on Oprah. The power of Oprah is amazing because people still ask me, what is Oprah really like? And it's like, I wasn't even on the show or met her um, I have a nephew who lives in Hong Kong and his little boy was in the park and he had a two man on a truck shirt on and a lady pointed at it and said, Oprah. So it's quite amazing. But from the Oprah show, I got a call from the National Enquirer that they wanted to write an article about me, which um, totally embarrassed my kids. And <laughs> so it wasn't too bad. It didn't say I had an alien baby or anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is a conference in, um, in uh, Toronto. It's Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's. He's passed away too, but I was lucky enough to meet him. 
I'm in Latvia here. Um, I spoke at the Michigan Freedom Foundation in Alpena. Michigan is a mentor of Latvia. Um, and so the National Guard has this camp every year to teach high school students about the importance of freedom. And they asked me to be a speaker up there. I spoke up there about entrepreneurism. And then after a while, they asked me to be on their board. So I was on their board. It's really cute because I was like the only woman with all these older military guys. And um, then I was president of their board. And then they asked me to go on trips with them. They have business leader trips. It's very interesting. So here I am in Latvia, and I spoke to uh, Latvian women, and oh, your heart just goes out to them. Um, they've had such a rough time of it. We're so lucky to live in this country. The president of Latvia is the lady with the red hair and the white blouse, and um, she's Latvian, but she was educated in Toronto. This is our 100th franchise that we opened in Mesa, Arizona. It was 100 degrees that day. It was like, perfect. <laughs> Since we outgrew our um, building, we had to build a new building. So here's my daughter and I. It's a groundbreaking. And then this was our new office um, in Lansing. And it was 23,000 square feet. Yeah, that's right. So then I say I had a baby. We have Truckee, our mascot. We had a contest with our franchisees. And um, we wanted them to name a mascot. And it, one person wanted something called Dolly Parton. Like, and we went, well, that's not very good. It has to be something nice for children. So our franchisee, uh, Karen Urbanus in Traverse City, designed Truckee. So we call her mother of Truckee. We started meeting a lot of people who had franchised internationally. And we kind of wanted to do it, but we didn't know how to do it. Um, what you really have to do is hire an expert that does that. So we hired Bill Edwards from California, and he became our franchise international guy. It takes a long time. Uh, you have to go meet with people and come back and forth, and you have a lot of meetings that don't amount to anything. And we kind of got, um, started kind of giving up on it. We thought, boy, we're paying him a lot and nothing's coming. And then they did start coming and we did start selling some uh, international franchises. This is, um, we worked together with the Michigan Trucking, Truck Safety Commission, and we made a truck safety video that's used all over the United States. It was made here in Michigan. So we were very proud to be involved in that. In 2003 and 2005, we started going to Asia looking for prospects for our franchise. Um, I was talking to Peter about it a little bit before this meeting because he has a lot of connections there. And it's a little different to do business there. Um, God, we're just a little family from Oakland's Michigan. It's like, what are we doing here? It's very, very exciting now. And we hope to be there someday. We'll see. Well, we outgrew our office again. So here we are having another groundbreaking. Um, this time, Truckee is there. And we added 12,000 square feet to each end of our office. So today our building looks like this. That's what it looks like when Cindy and I left this morning anyway. So. <laughs> um, we have about 65 employees there, eight departments, and um, they support our franchises and our frontline staff. Inside, we have a training house. We have a two-story house, and um, it's got every hard thing that a mover could face. It has uh, tight stairwells, it has uh, Big screen TV, it has fake drugs under the mattress. Um, those are all things that we run across. And you know, while I'm thinking about it, Dave Hunt, our franchisee, stand up, Dave. That's so nice of him. He came here today. So, <laughs> he's from the Holland, Holland area. So, And then on, um, well, you can see the stairs and the piano, grand piano and all that stuff. 
Then um, we have a full-size truck in our office, and it has plexiglass all along one side, so everybody can learn how to um, pack a truck properly and pad everything, right? This is our tech lab. We're very, very computerized. You know, I was a computer nerd, so when I started a business, I just thought everyone had a computer, and I designed all these forms. At one time, we had 87 forms. They went, would you please stop? It's like, this is what I do, so. <laughs> Our pro shop is online now. Um, we started out, I had, you, if you saw the mugs here earlier, we had, I had those with jelly beans and I'd go around and pass them out to people and I had t-shirts and things and um, it has evolved. We sell over a million dollars a year of our advertising items. Um, all our movers are in uniform, which they buy from this store. In, in 2004, I went back to Latvia again with the National Guard, and we stopped in Bosnia and visited our peacekeepers there. Um, you just don't know how lucky you are to live here. They cannot step off the sidewalk. There are landmines everywhere. It's, you just stay on the sidewalk. And um, it was so interesting meeting our people that were there from uh, Michigan. They've been there like for a year. They never thought they would get called back into the service. I mean, one guy was a grandfather from Traverse City and, and um, another one wanted to get home for his kid's graduation. But uh, they're doing a great job there. But it just, when you see all that, um, if you were driving your car, you could pull out the side of the road and you could run through a field if you want to. You don't know what that means. They cannot do that. Everything is dangerous there. In 2004, I was a campaign chair for Lansing. I got to go on parades and picnics and do a bunch of stuff, but you know what? I met so many nice people. It's just another lesson that if you always say yes, if people call you and ask you to do something, if you possibly can do it, say yes, because you never know where it will take you or the people that you will meet. These are some of the books that include our story. Um, we've never had a book just about us, and. I don't want to do it, it's a lot of work, but pretty interesting books. If you see that on the other side, start small, finish big. Fred DeLuca is the founder of Subway, and he's a friend of ours. He came to our office, he called and said, I'm coming for a visit. We just like freaked, Fred DeLuca is coming here, oh my God, what do we do? And he hung out all day. I mean, after a while we started going, when's he going home? We have to work. <laughs> he said, this is so fun. He said, I'm just taking a crazy cruise, driving around the country. He's a real character and a wonderful person. In 19, 2005, I was named the Entrepreneur of the Year for the International Franchise Association. I cannot, this is my biggest honor in my life. Uh, they, I am the only woman in 42 or 43 years that they have ever named. And um, because of that, I got to go speak in Australia and Mexico and Canada at all these big franchise um, meetings, conventions that they have. But the lesson I learned is always keep a good picture of yourself and <laughs> take lots of pictures. You, if you have a business, you go there someday and you go, well, this is just a boring day, you know? But it, 10 years later, if you look at that picture, it will bring it all back, and you'll be really glad if you take a lot of pictures. And what? I'm going too fast. In 2005, um, I went to Florida for a month's vacation. I have never had a month's vacation. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I just kept waking up all night the first night going, I have a month's vacation. <laughs> so um, the next day, my daughter called and she went, Mom, get home quick. Um, she said uh, the Today Show is coming and they're going to film a thing about our family and for Mother's Day. So I flew back home and it, it turned out it was really cute. Here we are at our first franchise in Canada uh, in Hamilton, Ontario. And um, I think we have five franchises in Canada now. This was great. In, in Dublin, um, we have a franchise in Ireland. I think we have two there now, one in Belfast too. And um, here we are at their grand opening. Boy, they really 
went all out. We had a tent with chandeliers and, and um, that little man in the front is so cute. He's the president of the, uh, the Irish Franchise Association. So we had, a, we had a great time there. We took, um, every year we have a trip and we take several of our franchisees, our best ones, on this trip. And so they got to go to Ireland with us and it's so beautiful over there. When we first started, now we are in um, Canada, UK, and Ireland. We had a franchise in South Africa, and oh my God, I was so proud of that, to give, give those people over there jobs. And uh, we had to have different material for the uniforms because the men washed their uniforms in a pot out in front at night and dried them on the bushes. And um, unfortunately, the couple that bought the franchise got divorced and the whole thing fell apart. But really disappointed. It was just so cute. We sent young guys from our office over there to help them get set up and they're sending home pictures of rhinos in the road. And it was pretty shocking. We decided it would be really cool if we had a flag for each country that we go into in front of our building. Well, there's a lot of flag protocol. We didn't know all that. So if one goes down, they all go down and it's and we almost have to have a full-time person to keep this going. <laughs> We're working on it. Moving forward, uh, we have our ISO accreditation now. Um, you can see our trucks look a lot different than they did. We um, have about around 1,500 trucks on the road. Those reply cards that used to come across my desk, we get, got 52,000 of them back last year. We have that, it's all automated now, of course. Uh, we had 192 online estimates, online requests for estimates last year. We did 307,000 moves. We grossed around 200 million a year. So that's pretty good for a $350 investment because that's all the money I ever put in the company was that truck, that old truck. So. I'm so proud of this though, because of our royalties, Two Men in a Truck has brought back over $60 million to the state of Michigan the, from other states and so it's a good feeling. We are a very green company. Um, we have a windmill for part of our power and um, it didn't work at first. You know when you're the first one to have something, it's not always a good idea. <laughs> It didn't work, it was so funny. My son went outside one day and he looked at that thing and he went, if that was made out of wood, I'd burn it. But <laughs> <laughs> it got going and uh, it does make me really proud. We can even, I can see it from the highway when I go by spinning around, so. My daughter Melanie ran the company for 14 years and uh, in about a year ago, she has twin boys and she just wanted to stay home with her kids, so she decided to stay home. So Brig, the next boy, took over, the one in the yellow. And uh, what a great thing that was for us because the economy is bad now, but he is tough. And um, he's made a lot of changes in our company. We, he brought in a different level of people that we need very badly at this time. And um, he's doing a great job. And I'm just so lucky that all three of my kids are really good business people. John in the black is the one from Grand Rapids who ran the moving companies here. And he works with Brig now. And he has recently uh, changed the moving laws in Michigan that were written in 1933. He worked with lobbyists and the governor signed these changes within this last year. So. We won the J.D. Power Award this year um, as one of the best, the best mover in the U.S. I mean, that's pretty shocking. So we're, <laughs> we're really proud of that, very proud. So, so these are kind of some of the lessons that I have learned. Um, even if you are shy and you have to do public speaking enough, you can do it. Always, always give back to your community. The customer always comes first. And don't listen to negative comments. Love what you do. I'm going backwards. Life is not a dress rehearsal. Don't lose your focus. And say yes to any opportunity that comes along because you never know where it will take you. 
and take lots of pictures. But if you want something bad enough, you can make it happen. I was a 46-year-old single mother that didn't know anything about accounting, franchising, trucking, uh, state regulations, anything. Um, but if you just persevere and you have a dream and you keep going, you will be surprised what happened. And a lot of it is because we live in this wonderful, wonderful country where it can happen. So that's the end of my remarks. Um, I don't know. Do you want me to go home now? <laughs> or if you had anyone had any questions, or I'm not sure how our time is going. Okay. Oh, really? Sure. Sure. So what happened to the boat? You know what? I just saw it the other day. Um, it's so funny because I sold it to a guy, and he got divorced, and they put it in the lock and stop, and it's still sitting there. And I still talk about getting it back, and my family's going, no. <laughs> it's kind of crooked now. <laughs> it appears you've um, persevered through a lot of diverse, um, um, difficult situations. My question to you is, did you ever have doubt? And if so, how did you overcome that doubt and continue to forge forward? Uh, was it a faith-based uh, direction or, or what was it? If you could hear his question, he wondered if I ever got discouraged. Um, and if so, how did I pull myself out of it? I, there was one, only one time I can think of. We moved a man and he had a lacquer piano. And if you chip a lacquer piano, anything lacquer, it's like so expensive to repair it. And he was so mad. He called me and he just went on and on and on. And finally he said, I'm going to take a big ad out in the State Journal and tell everyone what a horrible person you are. So then he slammed down the phone. So I called my brother and I went, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. This man is going to ruin me, our business. Um, he said, Mary Ellen, he said, sell that stupid moving company. And then I got mad at my brother. So <laughs> I knew I loved him. Anybody else? Well, um, he wondered, can you hear him? He wondered, I seem to like learning and how I have transferred that to my family and my employees. Um, God, my children are great. They're all three of them are really good business people and they do like to read and look very forward looking. And we do a lot of training in our office, not only training of our franchisees and their employees, but training of our employees. Um, there's a program through the International Franchise Association called the CFB, and it's like a master's degree in franchising. And um, there are I'm, maybe 20 people in our office that have this. It is, a, it is a hard course, and it's many courses that they have to fly all over the United States and take courses. And um, we just have always promoted learning in our office. So, mm-hmm. Way back. Yes, when you're uh, the owner of the company and everyone knows it, and you're trying to negotiate with somebody and they know you are the final decision maker, how, how do you deal with that on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, I haven't actually run that company for 15 years, so I don't really have to face it being the final decision maker, but... Um, I don't have a good answer for that. My son would have a good answer. <laughs> or my daughter used to say, you don't pay, you don't play. <laughs> they're tougher than I am. No, um, he wondered if I have any other tips or things I wouldn't do. Um, 
I don't think so really. Uh, our lawsuit stemmed from maybe not having the best legal advice when we first started out, but sometimes when you start out you can't afford the very best and you can't afford not to have it and you can't afford it. It's like a double-edged sword. They say in franchising, the first 25 franchises, usually that money goes to pay the attorney's fees. So, but I think these are the things I truly learned from my heart and I think I think they're right now. Anybody else? To what extent has the current downturn in the economy of business uh, affected your particular business and what particular adaptive moves is your company taking to adapt to that downturn? That's a good question. Considering the economy today, uh, how has it affected us and what are we doing? Well, uh, it has affected us because home sales aren't um, going through and we are down, uh, we had a shareholders meeting yesterday, we're down about 13%, but all movers are down at least 20%. So we're not down as far as everybody else. I don't know if that's good news or not. Um, we have been able to run this company all these years and the money just kept coming in and it was like we can do this and that and this. This is the first time that we have really had to sit down and luckily we have a real good CFO and we are looking everywhere where we can cut, cut, cut. And, but we're not stopping with that. We also look at this as an opportunity to hone our skills so we are the very best. We're going to be leaner now, but hopefully better. Sometimes it's good to get lean and um, you think a little bit better. You think more carefully about each thing you do. So we're working hard on it. My son's goal this year is that we will grow 10%. We're not going to go down. So he's going to have to scramble to meet that, but he's said it, so I remembered it. We'll see. <laughs> Anybody else? Mm -hmm. How are you dealt with unions? How what? How have you dealt with unions, <coughs> strong union state? We, um, we have never, some of our franchises have had some union action that they tried to start, but um, it was handled okay and it, it never came about. I don't know if they see us too small or um, we don't want to go there, but <laughs> I hope not. Um, we have a, about between 175 and 200 locations right now and so I just I do a guesstimate about 3,000 people, employees maybe. Probably, uh, well, let's see, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm going to recalculate that. We probably have about 1,500 trucks. I would say there's almost three employees for each truck. You have the two men and then you have the office support. So probably 4,500 people. Mm -hmm. When you're hiring people through the years, what lessons have you found as far as who do you look for to hire, who do you try to stay away from, what, what traits do you look for? Attitude. Attitude. A good attitude. Um, if someone comes and they work for another moving company, that doesn't impress us. So we want somebody with a good attitude. We'll teach them the way we do things. So. Mm -hmm. Being a family business, have you had difficulties kind of keeping the family and work balance, or has it kind of been easy for you? Kind of Working with like a family? Yeah. Are you kidding? It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible and it's wonderful. It's both. It's like, it's so wonderful. When we're at work, we're not like a family. It's more like we work together. Um, and we've gone and Got business and conventions, so we've had a wonderful time. But if you have a disagreement, and it's not just someone you work with, but it's your family, oh, it's just so hard. We try very hard to take the emotion out of things like that. And um, it's not, it's hard. And people say, oh, you're so lucky you see your kids every day. It's like, mm, yeah, <laughs> some, some days. 
Well, let's uh, say uh, thank you again. Thank you. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> well, I have uh, three things to uh, share with you as we uh, finish up, and I'm going to go in reverse way. First off, thank you for coming this morning. Uh, this was fun, wasn't it? It really was. And I want to uh, thank the Secuas for their support, Grand Valley, in this particular breakfast series with the Stephen College. Thank you very much. Please recognize him. And, and I think you heard, we, of course, uh, now we, we get bombarded every day in the news about the economy. But uh, there were some uh, lessons in here that uh, you don't list, but we could see. And one of those was optimism. I think that uh, in these times, of course, we, we need to have the confidence in ourselves and the confidence in those who are around us. Mm -hmm. Family really supports that. Mm -hmm. But I do think that uh, optimism for a future and, and making those decisions based on that optimism we could see. Secondly, uh, tied into that, of course, is, uh, is a positive attitude. You said it right at the end. Uh, but really, uh, a, a positive sense about that future, uh, understanding what's happening around us for sure, but also focusing in on, on the core business uh, principles that, that you have. That came through very, very clearly. And I do think uh, one of the uh, aspects that I believe in uh, myself uh, and with regards to entrepreneurism is the ability to give back. Give back with uh, some humor, which you did here. Give back to the community. And I think through these lessons learned, you have shared with us that optimism, that humor, the positive feel about a future. And I really want to thank you again for, for sharing your story with uh, us at Grand Valley State University. And, You're very welcome. And, and with that, we have a uh, gift of our appreciation. Well, thank you. I'm not sure what's in here. <laughs> it's not moving. So, so, it's not moving, no. Let's see, let's see what, I'll help you uh, with that. We, we, have, we have the bag which you can use. Okay. All right, and? It's like a blanket. Yeah. That's a shirt. It's a jacket. Oh, another representation. Oh, it's nice. Two men in a truck and Stephen in college. It's our colors, black and white. <clears throat> Oh, that's go. very nice. Oh, thank you. All right, you can re represent the uh, Stephen College this way as well. Congratulations. I'll wear it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Very well. Thank you.